Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Mama Meets World. I need to let you know that there is a trigger warning on this episode. We are going to be discussing miscarriage and child loss. I don't want to traumatize you if you're not ready to talk about those things or hear about those things. So again, there is a trigger warning on this episode for child loss. You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Mamas, welcome back to Mama Meets World. I truly hope that you had a great Mother's Day. Today we're recording it's Monday, so it's Memorial Day. So I will say happy Memorial Day to you all and special thoughts out to you guys who have family members in the military who have lost family members in combat um, or any other reason or if they didn't come back the same after they went. Um, I've been seeing so many posts about, you know, people putting up their military experience. So moms in the military, that's something we're going to have to talk about one day because I know you give up so much of yourself to be able to do that. Um, So happy Memorial Day to you all. On this episode, we're talking to my near and dear friend, Shanika, about coping with miscarriage. So this episode is special to me because Shanika and I went to college together and we have gotten to see each other's families grow so beautifully. So Shanika, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I am excited too, because it's not so many times that, you know, I have people that I'm like, no, no, in real life and not just online on the show. So I really appreciate you coming. Oh, yay. So today we're going to be talking about something hard. So I'm going to give another trigger warning. Uh, We are going to be talking about child loss and miscarriage. If that's a difficult subject for you, please feel free to tune out. It is not... um, mandatory that you listen, even if you listen to the show. This is a very hard subject, which is why I wanted to talk about it, but I completely understand if you need to bow out because it's just too much for you, especially with all the losses going on right now with COVID. Um, If it's overwhelming, if it's too much, I'm going to put up trigger warnings on all the posts uh, this time around so that I don't trigger anybody unintentionally. So Shaniga, we have known each other for over 10 years at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're closer to 20, I think. I think, damn, it is closer to 20. Woo, we get old. Uh, uh, you speak for yourself. <laughs> so, I yeah. And sprightly. Listen, and we are, like, it, it's crazy because I went into the motherhood journey first. We were, like, we were college friends. We had a mutual friend that we, we hung out with, and then we became friends off of that mutual friend. And, you know, it was just a blur. We had so many good times, partying, chilling, trying to get to know ourselves in the process of getting to know each other. And I say all the time, the friends that I met around that time, they're so special to me because people who still like me now that like me then, <laughs> I appreciate you deeply because I wasn't the easiest person to get along with. Same, same, same. So today's episode, like I said, we're going to be talking about child loss. So Tell me a little bit about your family now. Um, well, right now I have a three and a five-year-old uh, girls, and I am pregnant with, I'm 21 weeks with our little boy. And your girls are gorgeous, and they're so fun, and I got to hang out with them a few weeks back, or a few months back at this point. They yeah. have not met a stranger, and I love it. They have not. They're like, <laughs> 
you're here great let's go visit our playroom let me show you around the house um they love 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 having company so and it was special for me because you know when i had Jaden, you were around and you got to see Jaden as a baby and then to see Jaden get to see your girls as babies or as younger kids it just did my heart so good oh yeah and she she was so good with them like they went upstairs and they played and it was just it was quiet it was beautiful listen she's talking about she wants to start a babysitting business soon and i said girl if you got the tolerance for it god bless so i think i'm gonna get her cpr certified um, you know, that's a great idea though that's an amazing idea and i think she would do amazing with that she's already got training because she's got her brother and mm -hmm. you know it's just a matter of her finding other children that listen i will hire her <laughs> Right. And I will gladly drop her off over there. So, so I, um, let me just give them a little bit of background about my perspective of your situation. So just tell them, like I, when you're on Facebook, you get to see people from afar that you, you know, used to be close to, or, you know, you're friends with, and I saw you get married. I cried tears, by the way, when you got engaged. Like, I saw you get engaged. I was like, oh, my gosh, there's not a more deserving person. Your husband is amazing. He's wonderful. He's so great. Um, then I was like, okay, because your background is in childcare too. Mm -hmm. You are the yeah. best kick-ass teacher I had ever met. You seem to enjoy being with children. I was like, she is going to make the best mom ever. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw that you were pregnant with your oldest daughter, I was like, more tears i was like oh this is amazing like this is so great you know how you see something on facebook and you want to like it like multiple times <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was so excited and then um when you got pregnant with your second daughter i was like oh my gosh like look at her little family like this is amazing and i you know i never question whether people are going to have more kids because that's your business and you do what right. you want to do but it was a few you know maybe almost a year later maybe a little bit longer when i saw you had this facebook post about miscarrying um a child in right after your youngest daughter correct yeah it was probably um i think it was it was it was almost a year after she was born so she hadn't maybe a year and a half she hadn't turned two yet mm -hmm. yeah. so you're you find that you're pregnant of course Mm -hmm. What is your, you know, your daughter is less like just turning a year. That's a hard thing anyway, you yeah. know, especially with back-to-back -back kids. What, what were you feeling like? Like, what were you thinking about? Well, when I had, when I had Asha, Yanni had just, she had just turned two. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of prepared. They would have been evenly spaced um, in that respect. But I, I was, I was kind of like, well, I've done this before, no big deal. But so we we got pregnant. We didn't try any time except for this last time. Mm -hmm. Every time we were just like, oh, we're pregnant. Oh, we're pregnant again. Oh, we're pregnant. <laughs> and he, so the third time he's like, do you think that we can, do you think that we can handle this? And for me, I'm, I'm the person that's like, um, whatever God gives us, we can handle. Right. That's just, if it's good, if it's bad, we can figure it out. We can handle it. And for him, he's, he's just more, we're a total opposite. So he's just more logical and uh, analytical. So he's more like, um, financially, you know, we're paying for daycare for two kids. It's really expensive. And 
you know, work for you doesn't necessarily cover three children for daycare. And if you don't want to stay at home, then we got to have to find something that's more, you know, that pays more or whatever. He's thinking about all the money, all the things that go right. supporting our family. And I'm just thinking, God gave us another baby. But at that point, he internalized his stress. He's, we've grown in leaps and bounds, um, maturing, we've matured. Um, but then he would internalize his stress. So if I knew he was stressed, then I would be stressed. And so I couldn't really enjoy the fact that we were pregnant because I was like, he's worrying. And I want him to be happy about this. Like, here's another baby. This could be a boy and, you know, all these things. And I just didn't get a chance to, like, really get excited about it because he was, I don't, he was, like, on the fence. And it was really hard for me. So, so as he's stressing out and you're seeing him stress out and you're not really having the conversation about him being stressed, but you're kind of just internalizing it. How do you cope with that? Like as it was going on, do you think it kind of like made you more distant? Did it make you want to go closer? I just cried. I mean, it was just, uh, it definitely did make me want to go closer uh, because I, you know, you talked about me teaching. I Mm -hmm. love, love children. It's different now. I still love them very much. I will talk to anybody's kid in a grocery store, but like it's different once you have kids and it's a, it's a lot of work for me. I'm a different mom than I am a teacher. Mm -hmm. So for me, all I ever wanted was kids. I mean, I, I had my career goals and all of that stuff, but I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. That was it for me. Um, as far as family was concerned Mm -hmm. so pregnant again I just I love being pregnant I loved I loved all of it so I just I I wanted it and I wanted to be excited about it and for me for him to not be excited it kind of took something away from me but he internalized he internalized his and I was stressed outwardly so I would just cry I would talk to my friends and stuff Mm -hmm. sort of thing but um he it took him maybe a week and he came and he talked to me and he was like, I know I wasn't super excited at first, but um, I'm going to push all of that stuff to the side so that we, you know, can be excited right. because it's, it's a blessing. Um, and so we kind of moved on from there. So when did when you did know you- something was wrong? Um, well, the first ultrasound, of course, it's right at around eight. It would have been 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. I went, but I kept. And he asked me, he asked me, when are your boobs supposed to get bigger? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. I don't really feel pregnant. And I thought maybe it was just because, you know, pregnancy. So I was like, I guess it just doesn't fit. I don't feel all of those things the third time around. Um, But when we went to that, that ultrasound, uh, there was no heartbeat. And I was measuring at six weeks. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't know when we conceived, I was like, well, maybe I was off on the date because I just found out I was pregnant. So I didn't know. Right. Um, so I was just like, well, maybe we're off on the date. So I went. Um, the doctor that I had who did my ultrasound, would her bedside manner was just off. She was basically like, oh, there's no heartbeat. Okay. Well, that wow. times. Um what we're going to do is, uh, you know, you have two options or you have three options for 
um, miscarrying. And I mean, she just jumped right into that. And I, I wasn't prepared. I was like, you, you should not have been prepared. Like, that's not what you go in thinking. Like what, like the way that black women get treated in healthcare is a conversation all itself. Yeah, absolutely. That is dead wrong, dead wrong. And I probably would have been violent with her. Not going to lie. Well, I was in shock because I was, I'm going to see my little baby move around and that didn't happen. And then she started talking about miscarriages and, and um, medicines or DNCs, which um, for those of you who don't know, it's basically a surgery, like an outpatient surgery where they go in and they suction out all of the baby parts. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't do, I couldn't process any of that in that moment. She gave me a pamphlet and she was like, I was saying, well, I don't necessarily know when I conceived. So I think that, you know, I feel like maybe we should give it more time. Maybe it's too early if I'm only measuring at six weeks. You know, I asked if sometimes you do an ultrasound and the heartbeat isn't, it's just not there yet. Right. She said, yeah, sure, that's fine. Let's just wait two weeks. So we waited two weeks, which at that point I would have been 12 weeks in the way that I was calculating, but when I went back, I should have been measuring at eight weeks and I wasn't. Um, so that two uh, weeks was probably excruciating for you. It was, and it was, it was a battle of uh, faith. It was a battle of um, just everything. I was just, I, I was at work and I was working in a position, I, I transitioned out of childcare. I went into administration and from administration, I went into accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was in an accounting position, which was, I was in way over my head, but they were working with me and I was learning a lot of great stuff, but I was really stressed at work. Right. So I was stressed there. And then at home, I was stressed because I'm waiting to find out if, if I, you know, my baby is going to make it or not. And it was just a really stressful time. You know, and in matters of the body, especially when it comes to women, you can have the best partner in the world, but some things it's hard to explain. Some feelings it's hard to articulate. You can't make somebody feel the feelings that you feel. And sometimes, you know, the support is I want to be wrapped up. Sometimes the support is I want to be left alone. And it changes so much, you know, Mm -hmm. from day to day, you you really don't know how you're going to be feeling. So who I, I hear a lot of marriages, a lot of partnerships end up breaking up after a loss of a child because it's too too much. It is. And I think um I think after that happened, it took me from because oh, I waited. So I didn't I didn't do the DNC. Mm-hmm. Do the pills. Um I said, you know, my body did this, it's naturally going to, you know, things are gonna progress naturally. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I would recommend that to anyone. If there is a way for you to not experience what I experienced, I I would say don't wait it out. Don't I, I feel I felt better because I let it happen naturally, but mm-hmm. to experience that, to have to um have to watch everything come out and the it was an awful experience. And then we had two kids, mind you, they're uh, one and three, mm-hmm. I believe. And so how, he, how far along were you when you told them that you were pregnant, your daughters? Uh, I told 
I told Yanni, I didn't tell Asha. She was too young to understand. Mm-hmm. And I told Yanni, um, probably as soon as I found out, because I was so excited. Right. Um, and so once we went back for the second ultrasound is when, yeah, for the second ultrasound, I told her then. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I just had to cry and, and tell her. It was so hard because it was, she was excited. So she was telling people and people knew and my mom was telling people mm-hmm. and you know, everybody knows. And I'm like, great. Now I have to go and tell everybody. No, oh, never mind. Um, so that was hard. But how, how did she take it? So uh, she understood. She, it took her a little while to get it. Mm-hmm. Asking about um, her baby. And I kept saying, well, um, our baby's in heaven uh, with God. And so um, you know, one day later, we'll, we'll try again and we'll, we'll, you know, you'll have another baby, but, but it's not going to be right now. Um, but it right. took her probably a couple months because she kept talking about it. Um, and it Which was, had to be hard for you. Yes. It was like ripping a bandaid off or like, cut, uh, opening a scab mm-hmm. over and over again. So you're dealing with, with her and her emotions and the way that she needs to process this as a child. You're dealing with your husband in the way that he needs to process this as an adult. And then you're dealing with your own feelings about it. Like, how did you get through that? I was not dealing with it for me. Mm-hmm. Dealing with it for everyone else. Um, I think for me, we miscarried in February. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually happened in February. Uh, but then in October... In October is when I uh, found a therapist. I'm so glad that you found a therapist. Like that's a piece that I didn't know. And that's a piece that I'm glad that you got because a lot of, I feel like as black women, especially we don't stop our lives when we need to stop our lives, especially when we need to take care of our mental health, especially in things like finding a therapist, because that's an undertaking in itself, just finding the therapist. It is. It is. And it was, I, um, I tried to go through, work. I kept saying, I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to somebody. I was past the point where I was scared. I was angry. Mm-hmm. I was angry. It, for months, I couldn't, uh, met my husband and I, we couldn't have sex. But mm-hmm. I was terrified. I was like, I don't want to do this. And then I end up pregnant again. And this happened again. I can't experience that again. Right. So I have sex for a while. We went on vacation. We went to Greece. And he was like, we're in Greece. Like, we need to, like, let loose. That was hard. Because I, I was like, I, I just, let's just be here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we did that. We moved on. And I never processed anything. I just, I just went on like nothing happened. I took a day off work after I miscarried. Um, and I was just like, oh, I just need to talk to somebody. I need to um oh i like to craft and i like to make things maybe mm-hmm. that'll make me happy maybe that'll bring me some joy but i would just get i am not an angry person you're not at all like I'm not angry, at all but i'm not like it's not a, an under so for me to be like in i would get enraged and i think a lot of it was directed to him because i felt like you know, I'm going through this thing. And he kept saying, I don't know. I, you know, 
I don't understand. I don't understand how you feel because, you know, the I never met the baby and it, you know, it was just a, a miscarriage and it, you know, I, it, for me, it felt like he minimized it. Right. And it wasn't that he was minimizing it. It was just not something he experienced personally. Right. I mean, because he's, he's on the outside looking in, but you, your body physically carried you through that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I just, I, at some point I was like, I need to find a therapist. I tried to go through work. They recommended this person. I called and tried to set up a meeting with her. I met some other lady, nothing worked. Mm-hmm. And finally with the stress from work um, and my other stuff, the, this whole personal stuff going on, I was like, I need somebody who understands, um, what the me being a black woman in uh the corporate world and also who I can talk to about this loss. Right. Um and I wanted her to be black and I wanted her to um be experienced and you know what I needed. And I looked around for a little while and the first meeting, it's been kismet. Like she has changed my life. I like we're down to I used to go every week but now we I go once a month Mm -hmm. and I mean it's just basically like a check-in but I look forward to those times and I'm I'm kind of proud of the progress that I made because I really I couldn't talk to you about this a year ago right I I wouldn't I would have just cried the whole time you know I've I've seen you open your show because like um when I started thinking about this is something that I wanted to talk about, um, I remembered a Facebook post. And I actually, when I saw your Facebook post, I made a mental note, like, I'm going to ask her to be on a podcast to talk about that. You had a Facebook post, I think it was for Easter. And it was, um, you were at church and you were, you know, telling a story from the Bible about Easter, but you related it to your, your miscarriage and how, you know, your faith helped you get over. And I was like, you know, this this moment right here, this me looking at her, um, posting this on Facebook, there has to be a lot behind that. That wasn't just, I woke up one morning and decided to post this to Facebook. That means that she's gone through this grieving period, you know, the heavy grieving, and now she's in maintenance grieving. And mm-hmm. now she's ready, you know, she she's talking about this. And I just remembered like commending you in my head because Black women have fertility issues, but we, the world has made this a white women's stuff. You -hmm. know, black women are not allowed to have miscarriages and we're looked at as super fertile or we don't have, you know, fertility issues. I've had a miscarriage myself. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've, I've experienced child loss on more than one occasion. And it's like, even my coping was, you know what, you know what? Okay. Don't deal with it. Don't worry about it. It wasn't until I got into therapy that I was able to deal with my own stuff because I had told myself like, this is not a real problem, you know, especially, especially when you're having like my circumstance was I was not ready to have another baby. Like I was not financially prepared. I was not prepared to have a baby with who the baby was with. And I'm like, you know, maybe it's just a blessing. Maybe it's, this is the way that it's just supposed to happen. And even though I was hurt, I, you know, put it in the back of my mind, like, you know, black women don't stop and cry over every little thing. That's not what we're supposed to do. You got to keep on stomping. Like you got to keep on, you got kids to take care of. You can't think about yourself. You got to think about everything that you have to deal with. And I like seeing you post that was like, damn, you know, here's another black woman who I know, who I consider to be a strong woman saying, Hey, 
this is something that happened to me. This is how I dealt with it. And this is how I'm getting over. I'm not all the way okay, but I'm on the road to being okay. And I'm like, that is, that is really some revolutionary shit, you know? Yeah. I think that, um, with Facebook and social media in itself, it's, it's easy to post all the good things. Right. I think it's really easy to just post. My life is so great. It's all the good things that are going on, but I like to be transparent in a way that benefits other people. So I I guess just naturally who I am, I like to help people right? in any country. So I feel like if I can be transparent, if I know that um, Black women and going to therapy isn't something that is talked about, maybe if I talk about it, I can reach a couple of people. You know, now it's it's a movement, it seems. Right. Everybody's talking about it, but um, beforehand, it wasn't that way. And so to be able to say, hey, look, this is something that I'm going through, and here's what I did. Especially, you know, you're a Christian. I consider myself to be a Christian. It is this stigma, especially when you're a Christian, that you do not need therapy because Jesus fills every single need that you have all the, all the time, no matter what. No. And no (laughs) but he doesn't right he doesn't he gives you the tools to get things done to help yourself but he doesn't just miracle everything down i think the thing that i like about the church that we're at now is that that's what they teach us Mm -hmm. you know it's it's biblically based and um, we're growing and our children love it i love it but what i love most is the fact that it's not just pray about it Right. About it. When I told, um, because I work in the children's ministry um, some Sundays, and I was telling the pastor's wife, she was heading up the children's ministry at the time, I was telling her what happened. And she was like, let me connect you with a few women who have also experienced this. Mm -hmm. And you can talk to them. I didn't, I haven't experienced this myself, but you can talk to them and this will help you it wasn't let me pray with you she said i'll pray for you right then she gave me resources i think that it's it's this weird thing with christianity because you know we have to lean on god in so many ways and it's just like it's almost natural to tell people like oh just pray about it or i'll pray for you but that's not the cure That's not the, you know, getting to the bottom of it. Like sometimes you got to talk to somebody to put yourself back on the right track. And that's a lesson that I've learned over and over again. You know, I've been in therapy for a few years now and you'll have that heavy therapy where you need to go once a week or whatever to get yourself back on track. Then you could go into maintenance mode, but I found myself having to go back to, you know, heavier therapy because, you know, something will happen or I'll be triggered in a way that I need more help. And like you were saying, finding a black woman therapist has made all the difference for me because I don't feel like I have to explain a backstory of being black when I'm talking to another black woman. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so beneficial because you, you don't have to explain anything. Right. In and say, you know, today there was an issue where I, um, I think I'd taken off for some reason. And then the next day, I called out because I think one of the kids were sick or something like that. But my boss was older. She'd been in the 
in that at that in that position at that company for mm-hmm. I don't know 36 years at that mm-hmm. point, as long as I'd been alive basically and so I she you know she was kind of setting her ways and so she came she called me in her office when I got back and she was like you know what's what's going on I feel like you're just trying to get over on us you know wow and I'm like I've been here for a year and a half uh if I was trying to get over on you I think you would have known a long time ago right um but just stuff like that I went in I could go into therapy and say this happened I don't have to explain you know that I'm black and this um my boss is of another race or why I feel like that was um like her kind of targeting me or trying to pinpoint me doing something wrong whatever I could just go in and just talk about it right she understood it straight away so going back to you know your feelings during the miscarriage or during you know the aftermath of it I know that it's like there's a lot of shame about miscarriage or like a need to hide or not tell people what's going on with you in our community. Why do you think that is? You know, honestly, I feel like it's just not publicized because maybe people do. They feel like, I I know for me, I felt like my body betrayed me Mm -hmm. because I'm like, we've done this. You know, they say, don't, don't tell anybody for 12 weeks and whatever, because 12 weeks is the most pertinent time and all of this stuff, the first 12 weeks. And so I'm thinking, how oh, we've done this before twice. It's fine. Nothing's right. going to So I didn't worry about, you know, people telling people and all of that. But um, I didn't even, I just didn't think that it would happen. And so I think that, you know, and when it happened, it was like, wait, what, what are you doing? Like, this isn't, this isn't what I was expecting. This isn't how it's supposed to happen. And I think that because we know that our bodies can um, create life, it kind of, for me, it just felt like my body let me down. I didn't want to talk about it to people, but right. me, it's always been for me to get over something. I had to talk to people. I had to work it out where I talked through my situations. So I would have to talk to people. And I know it was confusing for people because I'd be like, well, yeah, you know, um, this happened and then we miscarried and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's fine. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because (laughs) me and you are a lot in the same that we're natural extroverts, you know, and we do enjoy people. We enjoy talking to people. And I think it's a gift, you know, that we are able to kind of plainly state the things that happen to us, especially when we are over that hump you know, to tell somebody else to help them get through, you know, whatever, because you don't know, I always say when you have an audience online, you don't know who you're talking to. Nope. No. So you don't know when you wrote that Facebook post, I'm sure you didn't specifically think it was going to reach me in the way that it reached me. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think the other thing is because of uh, doctors, I don't feel like they, I feel like when you go, so you go for your first appointment, they give you, they, you know, do a urine sample and Mm -hmm. they, check to make sure you're pregnant and blah, blah, blah. And then they ask you when your last period is and say when they think you might be due and all of this. I think in that time, when they do all of that with you, that consultation before your first ultrasound, there also needs to be information on the possibility of a miscarriage. Right. It's terrifying, but I think it's important 
to have that in there, you know? That's so, real. Because how do you know what to even look out for? How do you know? You don't. And you, like, I was completely, like, I knew, okay, we're going to this ultrasound. We get to see the baby's heartbeat. We get to see the baby. I saw a baby, but nothing was happening. And mm-hmm. I was expecting that. And no one prepared me for that. And the only way I would have been prepared, and not just not just me as a black woman, but women all around the board, all across the world, nobody is preparing them for the the what if. And right. I mean, it's a joyful time. You don't want to think about that negativity, but at the same time, you need to be prepared. If I'd been prepared, I don't think I would have. I, I don't. I would have been able to process it better. Right would have been in shock I still would have been hurt I still would have probably gone through everything that I did but at least I would have known and understood it better you wouldn't have felt more blindsided yeah 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 yeah. and then after that after the fact after it happened and I would talk to people every probably one no two out of every three women that I talked to had had a miscarriage mm-hmm. like oh this is a thing because the first thing the doctor says is, oh, well, it's not your fault. And I'm like, how can it not be my fault if no one told me that this was a thing that could happen? Like, I knew that it could happen, but like, how did it happen? Right. I think that that's also a thing because there's not a, they, a lot of times they can't pinpoint the why. Right. And sometimes you need that why to close it. Like you need the why to know that it wasn't your fault. Like, you know, you weren't out partying or drinking or smoking, or you didn't take a tumble or, you know, something like that. Like you need to an explicit why to make you feel better. And sometimes, I mean, it just doesn't exist a lot of times. Yeah. And I definitely, I went through a point where I was kind of tracking, okay, well, this is when I had my last period and this happened and this happened and this happened. And Maybe it was this. I had that glass of wine. I went to the dentist. I had um, a root canal or something done, and they mm-hmm. did. Um, that all of this stuff happened during the time that I would have been pregnant, but didn't know. And so mm-hmm. I needed I needed a reason. At this point now, where I am now, I don't necessarily need a reason. Um, but then I did. I needed something to say. This is why it happened, and it was probably just stress. Probably, probably because stress is so dangerous. And I think that a lot of us are used to just living in a constant state of stress that we don't know how dangerous it is. Right. We don't realize how stressed we are either. Right. I think that um, the one thing during this time that we've been home, because we've been home since March 16th at this point, um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, really careful about where we're going. This is the first time because I, I feel like I almost had a mental breakdown before all this started. Like, when do I see my kids? I'm working all these hours. When do I see my boyfriend? When do I see my kids? When do I get to like enjoy the things that I work for? And all this happened and I realized how stressed that I was. Like my hair literally stopped falling out from being at home. And I didn't know that I was so stressed until I got a moment to sit down. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, well, for me, they they laid me off back just the 13th. They laid Mm -hmm. me off. And so the the weeks after that, I was like, what do I do? Oh, I get to play with my kids. I had just had a conversation with um, one of the people that I work with. And I was saying, you know, it's really hard because at five o'clock I get off, I rush to pick them up. I pick them, rush them home. I might let them play. Dinner may or may not be ready. I make dinner, they eat. I get them ready for bed. I say goodnight. Like that's three hours. 
of nothingness. That's what I ex explained that time as. It's three hours of nothing. It's three hours of me having to be a disciplinarian when I really don't want to be. Yeah. You don't get to turn off. You don't get to, I get what? I worked close to their daycare, so I get 10 minutes of reprieve, and then mm -hmm. I am pick you up. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Hurry up. Let's do. Stop that. Don't put that down and come here and do right. the Get in the tub. Okay, lay down. And then I'm fussing, go to bed, go to bed until they finally fall asleep. Right. So the transition from there to me being at home and figuring out um, kind of like a schedule or routine for them and um, teaching them curriculum and being able to actually play with them and actually uh, work with them on their growth and development. It's been I, it's a blessing and I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, I'm really sad that they let me go because I love my job. And I mean, a lot of other people got laid off too. So right. um, I'm just taking it as a blessing and just being able to spend that time with my family and, you know. Especially being pregnant now. I know it's, I, I went through a thing where I was like, I really want to be working and I should look for another job. And then I was like, I should really just relax right because <laughs> who wants to go back to work with all of this motions that are like all of this going on and you're pregnant no I, I I am I have anxiety about going to well not me going to the store I can handle me mm -hmm. but girls haven't gone they yesterday we went to a consignment sale and I had them in a cart and I was like don't touch anything don't look put this mask right. don't but like they haven't been in a store since March and they were just like, we walked past, we went for a walk today and we walked past Publix and they were like, oh, Publix. Oh, poor babies. And I'm like, I'm so sorry guys. I just, I can't, I, I just, I can't do it. Right. I mean, your heart just can't take thinking about something possibly even happen to your happening to your children. Yeah. I, and it's not a risk I'm willing to take either. Like mm -hmm. Jameson, the other day we went to Starbucks, you know, drive through. He was so happy. Like, mommy, mommy, thank you. You're the best friend in the whole world because I was, I'm so excited to go to the Starbucks. And I'm like, dang, I'm so <laughs> sorry that I have to take you anywhere, you know, because I'm still working from home. So it's hard to do the walks with him and stuff like that. But it's, you know, I'm with him and I yep. pulled him out of daycare because I didn't feel comfortable sending him to daycare every day while I'm socially distancing. Like that yeah. didn't feel fair. Yeah. So before we go, I, you know, you, we talked about you being pregnant a little bit, like mm -hmm. you're in your, you know, 20 something weeks, mid 20 weeks. How do you feel like now that you're over the stress point that they usually say like, okay, now you can take it easy. Um, I feel good. Mm -hmm. I think that um, any anytime there's life growing inside of me, it's it's an amazing time for me because I'm just like in awe at the fact that my body can make a baby. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, an amazing time to be able to share it with the girls. They're like, um, "Mommy, I need to hug you, but can I give the baby a hug too?" Oh. It's really sweet. And one the youngest likes to talk to my belly button and um, the baby's kicking now. Actually, I just posted a video yesterday of them screaming, wee! We were just riding <laughs> the poor kids. They, they had the windows down and they were just screaming and enjoying themselves. They're screaming. The baby is kicking. I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I, I feel great. I, um, 
I don't take it lightly that this has happened. I was very excited when when I found out we were pregnant, which I mm-hmm. found out at the beginning of the year. And I honestly was scared to tell my husband. I waited until I waited until uh, I had a therapy session. Mm-hmm. I told him the same day as my therapy session, just in case things didn't go over well. Right. I get into talking to her about it. But um, he cried. Oh. Was like, oh, I, I didn't think that you would feel this way. Um, but it's been, it's been an amazing time. We actually named um our, i call it i call it our angel we named him ryan i wasn't mm-hmm. sure if it was a girl or a boy so ryan's a good unisex name it is and so when we when we talk about um that we just say ryan you know we you know well when we had ryan and ryan's in heaven with you know the other people that we love and you know yanni will say sometimes mommy you remember when we had baby ryan i miss baby ryan and I'll say, yeah, I miss, I miss him. Um, my, but we, I try not to, um, not to forget that we had Ryan. Right. That was a time that helped me grow. And I will say, we talked about earlier, you asked, um, or you said, you mentioned how uh, it either brings people closer together or tears them apart. And once I got into therapy and once we were able to kind of work through things, um, with me um my husband and I were able to grow closer and we are able to communicate better and I mean we we've grown so much in that time and I won't say that losing Ryan was a blessing but it did help my marriage well I mean even if losing a baby like that's definitely not a blessing but you know you have these blind spots that you don't know about as an adult until something hits it Mm-hmm. You know, like for, for me, it's communication. I'm not a good communicator, but I didn't realize that until I was older, until I got into a relationship and something happened where I didn't articulate myself. And I'm like, damn, all this time here I am thinking I'm a great communicator and I'm just not, you know, right. it's it's these blind spots that you hit that you're thankful that you had whatever you had to go through to get to where you need to be now. Yeah, we've definitely grown. We're, um we're able to talk to each other better and we're able to understand each other better. And for the longest time, I felt like he didn't care. And not that he didn't care, but he just didn't care to understand how I felt about losing Ryan. And um, Valentine's Day, we went to, there was some kind of thing Chick-fil-A had and they invited you and your family to come and you could make a, a Valentine and ride in a limo, something fancy schmancy we did. <laughs> So, so we went and he, when he, he made a Valentine and he gave it to me, but he had our names, his name, my name, mm-hmm. names, and he put Ryan on there. Oh, like, oh, like you get it. You get uh, it. Yeah. I mean, it took him a while, but I mean, the fact that he recognizes, Hey, this is, this is somebody that is important to us too. Um, it's just, it's changed a lot for me. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good note to end this on. And I appreciate you so, so much for coming on the show that, I mean, I know it's a hard topic and I know, especially talking about yourself, it's a hard thing to do. So thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate it. And thank you for asking me because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to do this for anybody else but you. Oh, don't make me cry. We're not going to cry today. Listen, that makes I've me feel good. On the verge of tears this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Yeah. But I'm so proud of you. I'm so, Jameson. Mom, can I tell something? Do you want to tell something to the podcast? Go ahead. Um, my mom is working today. Thank you, Jameson. Mom, mom, mom. He's been trying to record his own podcast forever. Like, I'm just going to let him do it eventually. Yes, do it. We will listen. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Um, Thank you for being open and being honest. And I appreciate you so much for that. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of Mama Meets World. I truly appreciate you. Again, you can find me on my social media. That's a, you're able to see that at Mama Meets World Pod. That's on Instagram. If you have any questions, any concerns, feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram page. My link tree is on my link. And that'll take you to anywhere that you need to be that I am. Y'all have a great couple of weeks.